Why is it that we see in the Bible that God repeatedly blesses the undeserving? The answer coming up next on today's Daily in Christ. Welcome once again to the Daily in Christ podcast. I'm Mark Van Oos. It is always a joy to have you with us. At the end of today's podcast, we're going to talk about the different podcast platforms that you can get the Daily in Christ podcast. Again, that information coming up at the ending of today's lesson. Well, right now, we are in the midst of a wonderful series called Blessed Beyond Imagination. And we're looking at prime examples of people in the Bible who are blessed of God, even though they did not deserve it, just like we don't deserve the blessing of God. First, we looked at Abraham. Actually, that took up our entire time last time when God first met him. He was a pagan living in Ur of Chaldees, yet God unilaterally blesses Abraham and his descendants with a sevenfold blessing. Abraham was totally undeserving. And then we observed another strange pattern in the Bible. Even though in Bible times the eldest son deserves the richest inheritance and blessing, yet there are numerous cases where God blesses the younger son with rich blessings. Why? Well, because God blesses us, not because we deserve it, but because he is that good and blesses us. Well, today we'll observe more cases of this, well, strange to us pattern, starting with Joseph. Now, remember that Joseph was one of Jacob's youngest sons. He didn't deserve to be blessed. His father, gave him a beautiful coat of many colors, and he had visions from God, visions of greatness. Unfortunately, it was those visions of greatness that caused his brothers to be jealous, to despise him, and then plot for him to be abandoned as dead, breaking their father's heart. And then Joseph was sold into slavery. (laughs) Sure doesn't look like Joseph is very blessed at that point of his life. He was stripped of everything. Well, he was bought by a slave owner by the name of Potiphar. And Potiphar saw that God was with Joseph. Let's read this in Genesis chapter 39, beginning in verse 2. If you have your Bible, turn to it. Genesis 39, verse 2. The Lord was with Joseph, and he was a successful man, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. So Joseph found favor in his sight and served him. Then he made him an overseer of his house and all that he had put under his authority. 
Genesis chapter 39, verses 2 through 4. Now, I want you to note something. Even an ungodly pagan man could see that the Lord was with Joseph. Now, how in the world did Potiphar see that the Lord was with Joseph? Well, the scripture text tells us the Lord made all that he did, Joseph did, to prosper in his hand. God prospered Joseph right in front of pagan Potiphar's eyes. Unfortunately, and just because we're blessed of God, it doesn't mean that everything always goes our way. And in fact, uh, another disheartening turn in Joseph's life where Potiphar, uh, where Joseph is wrongly accused and then unjustly imprisoned, even though he did nothing wrong. Sounds like Jesus, doesn't it? And yet, even while Joseph was in prison, he was favored of God. And eventually, it was God's favor that freed Joseph from prison. And eventually, Joseph became the king's prime minister, the highest official in Egypt, second only to the king. At the right time, Joseph's older brothers, as his vision had, where the vision he had as a younger man, uh, he saw his older brothers bowing down before him. Well, that actually happened when in the midst of famine uh, and the leading of the Lord, eventually Joseph's brothers, along with their father, came to Egypt to find food. God gave Joseph an incredible plan for the preservation of food ahead of the drought. And so Joseph's family came from the promised land over to Egypt where they were able to be spared because of God's plan administered through his servant Joseph in the land of Egypt. And his brothers did bow down and honor him. And Joseph Uh, Joseph said, and we can see this in Genesis chapter 50, verse 20, you know, the moment that those brothers figured out that this stranger, this prime minister of Egypt was none other than their brother Joseph, they were terrified. They reckoned that because of the evil they did against their brother, that he would order their death. And yet he spares them. Joseph spares His brothers, again, there's a parallel even to Jesus on the cross where the very people who should be accepting him, the Jewish people receiving him as their Messiah, yet they plotted to have him crucified. And from the cross, the Lord Jesus said to his father, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Joseph is sort of a type of Jesus in the Old Testament. And in Genesis chapter 50, verse 20, this is what Joseph said in sparing his brothers from the debt that they deserved. But as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring it about as it is to this day to save many people alive. That's in Genesis chapter 50, verse 20. It reminds me, of what it says in Romans chapter 8, verse 28. 
And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. Romans 8, 28. You see, God had a great destiny for Joseph. God led Joseph, even through pain and trial and heartbreak, to Egypt. And yet, even in the midst of great difficulty, God's rich blessing on Joseph was evident, and God prospered him. And Joseph was promoted to number two in Egypt. And he had a plan, a plan for the saving not only of the nation of Egypt, but also a plan to administer in a time of famine the saving of his own family from starvation and death. And therefore, by extension, you realize that Jacob, whose name was Israel, his descendants became a nation known as Israel, the Jews. And that nation to come was spared. And you know who else was spared? None other than our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Because if there was no sparing of Jacob and his sons, there would be no Israel. And with no Israel, there would be no Savior. God had a destiny and a plan and blessing for Joseph far beyond his imagination. Remember, God's plan for you, dear child of God, is amazing. And it has eternal results. I want to repeat it again, what Joseph said to his brothers. And Joseph had every right to have those wicked brothers executed for what they did against him. But he said this, But as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring about as it is to this day to save many people alive. Well, now we want to turn our attention to another younger son, yet blessed richly of the Lord. And that example is none other than Moses, the servant of the Lord. Did you know that Moses was not the firstborn in his family? As a matter of fact, he had two older siblings, Aaron and Miriam. And yet God chose Moses and blessed him to deliver the nation of Israel out of bondage in Egypt. And so we know what happened. You can read about it in uh, Exodus, how God did a great deliverance uh, from the clutches of Pharaoh and the evil and the bondage that they had in Israel. And before the Red Sea and the parting of the Red Sea, But I want to particularly kind of lay those particular details aside and kind of focus on one larger picture involving Moses and a covenant and the people of God. You see, there was a great divide in how God related to his people right at Mount Sinai. Mount Sinai was the mountain of law. It was the delivering and the bringing of the covenant of law, and therefore, the covenant that God made with Israel under the covenant of law. 
Do you know that the covenant of law, the bringing of the law, and I speak of a great divide here, the bringing of the law also brought the curse of the law. Deuteronomy 27, verse 26, listen to this, says this, cursed is the one who does not confirm all the words of this law. And then it says, and all the people shall say, amen, it is so. You may be familiar with Deuteronomy chapter 28. It's a long chapter with uh, 11 verses of blessings for those who obey the law without exception and 55 verses of curses for those who do not obey the law all the time. Now, clearly the law was not meant to bring about blessings but curses. Why? No one, as the law demands, can obey God 100% of the time with 100% of their heart perfectly. That's what the law requires. And when Jesus came along, he put the law on steroids. He said not only external obedience, but obedience from the heart. No one can do that, which means by default, We are under the curse of the law if we live under the law. No one except Jesus, who brought in another covenant, the new covenant of grace, is the one who obeyed the law fully, fulfilling all. More on that later. You see, before the law came in at Mount Sinai, if the Jews sinned and failed, God did not curse them before the law. For example, well, before we get there, Romans chapter 4, verse 15 says something important. Because the law brings wrath. For where there is no law, there is no transgression. Romans 4, 15. So no law, no transgression. That doesn't mean there isn't sin. Because sin has been in the human race long before the law came in. It came with Adam's fall in the garden. Now, we can see before the bringing of the law that if the Jews sinned and failed, God did not curse them. For example, Abraham pretended that his wife Sarah was his sister. He was fearful. This is why he carried on like this. And he pretended that Sarah was his sister and not his wife, allowing a pagan king to make sport of his wife, or at least try to. And then there was the threat of curse from God. And he did that. Abraham did this cowardice to save his own hide. And this didn't just happen once. It happened twice. Abraham did that. In fact, Abraham messed up big time because he listened to his wife and had a child uh, from from his uh, servant, his maidservant, uh, Sarah's maidservant, Hagar. And that's not the way that God wanted it at all. And we're still dealing with that that mistake, that sin to this very day. And yet, God didn't curse Abraham. In fact, even... Israel under Moses before Mount Sinai. If remember that they they're up against the Red Sea and 
Pharaoh and his armies are bearing down upon them, and they grumbled and complained at the Red Sea, because, but yet God did not curse them. Listen to this. Here's what they said, Exodus 14, 11 to 12. It's, this is what they said. They grumbled against Moses and God, because there were no graves in Egypt. Have you taken us away to die in the wilderness? Why have you so dealt with us to bring us up out of Egypt? Is this not the word that we told you in Egypt, saying, Let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians? For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. My goodness, what crass unbelief. And yet, they weren't cursed of God. But notice what happens in this great divide before and after Mount Sinai, before and after the giving of law. After Mount Sinai and the giving of the law, if Israel sinned and failed, God cursed him. As a matter of fact, did you know that a man just picked up sticks on the Sabbath and they had to put him to death? In Numbers 15, it it, it counts this. It says this, Now, while the children of Israel were in the wilderness, they found a man gathering sticks on the Sabbath day. And those who found him gathering sticks brought him to Moses and Aaron and to all the congregation. They put him under guard because it had not been explained what should be done to him. Then the Lord said to Moses, The man must surely be put to death All the congregation shall stone him with stones outside the camp. So the Lord commanded, so as the Lord commanded Moses, all the congregation brought him outside the camp and stoned him with stones, and he died. He died for picking up sticks. Numbers 15, 32 to uh, 36. That's incredible. But that is the effect after. Law. Now, you realize that the Sabbath was instituted at the creation, recorded in Genesis chapter 2. So, for my goodness, 1,000 or, or 2,400 years, uh, there was the Sabbath, yet there was no curse. Why? Because there was no law. Now, why did this happen? Galatians 3.10 says this, For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse. And we talked about that curse over in Deuteronomy chapter 28. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who does not continue in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. Did you catch it? Cursed is everyone who does not continue in all things that are written in the book of the law to do them. Not just the Ten Commandments, my friend, but all 600-plus commandments and regulations. You see, under the law, if you did not keep the law, 100% of the law, 100% of the time, even if you broke the law once, you are forever under the curse. If you break the law even once, let me say that again, you are under the curse. And boy, talk about curses. Deuteronomy 28, I was telling you, 55 nightmarish, terrible, awful curses. Here's just a few being cursed wherever you go. 
plague, consumption, tumors, incurable boils, extraordinary plagues. And then it says another curse, defeat. Another one is madness, blindness, and confusion of heart, loss of marriage, loss of home, loss of assets, loss of children, oppressed and crushed continually, becoming a horror and a proverb and a taunt among those in the world resources exhausted and devoured, producing little children going into bondage. Oh, I have to stop. It is so awful. 55 miserable verses of curses. And yet we have Christians who say, well, the law is still binding at least the Ten Commandments to the Christian. No, it's not. Because if that were the case, you would be under these curses. Whoever is under the law is under the curse. But the Lord Jesus, read Galatians chapter 3, so important, became a curse so that we would receive the blessing of Abraham. And yet, even in that condition, after the law, Israel was still blessed, a blessed nation, because of God's covenant with Abraham. Listen to this priestly blessing found in Numbers chapter 6, beginning in verse 22. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and his sons, saying, This is the way you shall bless the children of Israel. Say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. So they shall put my name on the children of Israel, and I will bless them. Numbers 6, verses 22 to 27. That is incredible, folks. Blessing, even though every single one of them, just like you and I, have broken the law, and they deserve cursing. One of the most powerful areas of the scripture where we see what this rebellion and unbelief toward God was like from God's perspective can be found in Psalm 78. And I want to take a few moments here to read several verses from Psalm 78. Uh, You can turn to verse 37, and it speaks of what was going on in the heart of Israel at this time. They were a million miles from God in their heart, even though he was right there. Psalm 78, beginning in verse 37, For their heart was not steadfast with him, nor were they faithful in his covenant. But he, being full of compassion, forgave their iniquity, and he did not destroy them. Yes, many a time he turned his anger away and did not stir up all his wrath, for he remembered that they were but flesh a breath that passes away and does not come again. How often they provoked him in the wilderness and grieved him in the desert. Yes, again and again they tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. They did not remember his power the day when he redeemed them from the enemy, when he worked his signs in Egypt and his wonders in the field. Of Zoan. Now, I want to underscore, and, and if you continued on in that psalm, you would see more of this 
really this this transgression, this hurt against the heart of God. And yet in the midst of all of that, it says right here in Psalm 78, verse 37, their heart was not steadfast with him. And yet, verse 38, he being full of compassion forgave their iniquity and did not destroy them. Yes, many a time he turned his anger away and did not stir up his wrath. This is incredible. This isn't God excusing sin, but rather it speaks so much about the goodness of God. Dear friend, we are blessed of God, not because we are so good. In fact, there are times in which we are far from good. But the whole reason why we are blessed of God is because God is that good. I think when we see this kind of rebellion, even horrible idolatry, even to the point where they were sacrificing their own children in the fires to a demonic God, you say, how can people do that? How can the people of God do that? Well, the Bible talks about this in Romans, beginning in verse 18. It's the common condition of sin in the human race. It says in Romans 1.18 that the wrath of God is revealed against the unrighteousness and ungodliness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. And then it goes on, and later on it talks about an exchange of the glory of God for an image of created things, not even the real thing. And yet God is merciful. God intervenes in our situation of rebellion and sin with his mercy. Oh, our God is an amazing, blessing, covenant-keeping God, even when we don't deserve it. Let's pray. Father, it takes my breath away to consider that you are such an amazing blessing, God, but you are. You bless the undeserving, not because you approve of sin, but you bless because you are good. And that blessing, Father, changes lives. That blessing changes our destiny through the Lord Jesus Christ becoming the curse for us, Father, as it says in Galatians 3, that we would be blessed with the blessing of Abraham. Father, continue to take your word in our hearts. Continue to illuminate through the Holy Spirit and enlighten. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Dear friend, did you know that the Daily in Christ podcast is heard on more and more podcast platforms? For those of you who use Apple devices, it's available at the Apple App Store. Use the podcast app. And then for those on the Android platform, go to the Google Play Store. Use the Google Play Music app. We have recently launched on Stitcher, a very popular podcast uh, platform. We're also on TuneIn Radio. Perhaps you're using one of those and coming soon on Spotify. As a matter of fact, our podcast is available to anyone using any podcast app. You say, well, how do I do that? I'm glad you asked. 
Well, stop by our website, dailyinchrist.org. Dailyinchrist.org. And when you get there, in the top menu, click on the podcast menu item. Also at our website, there are numerous articles that I've written about the more abundant life in Christ. It's all available free at www.dailyinchrist.org. Now soon at the website, we're going to be adding a link where you can donate to support this ministry. We are a listener-supported ministry, and uh, we're a ministry that's reaching so many around the world. Your donation helps to make that possible. Again, that information coming soon at dailyinchrist.org. Well, be sure to tune in next time on Daily in Christ as we continue our Blessed Beyond Imagination series looking at those who are blessed of God. Don't miss it. And dear friend, always remember what it says in Psalm 34, verse 8. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in Him.